morning, boys and girls. <laughs> Our story today is about Jesus and how he calmed the storm. Jesus stood in a boat, a fishing boat with oars and a sail, and talked to many people who had come to hear him. All day long, Jesus told them stories. When it was evening, Jesus said to his helpers, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake and rest. Jesus' helpers untied the boat. They pushed it from the shore and raised the sail. One man sat in the back of the boat to guide it with the steering oar. The boat moved slowly at first and then faster as crossed the quiet blue water. A round yellow moon came up over the lake. The stars twinkled high overhead. Jesus was so very tired, he lay down and fell asleep. The man at the back steered carefully, and the boat sailed on and on and on. Suddenly, a fierce wind began to blow. It blew and blew and blew, and it wet the water into huge, angry waves. The waves tossed the boat this way and that way, up and down, up and down. There was lightning and there was thunder. The man at the tiller tried to steer the boat, but he couldn't. Other men tried to row the boat with oars, but they couldn't. Water filled the boat and it began to sink. The men were afraid. They woke Jesus up and said, Lord, save us, we perish. Jesus heard their cry for help. He felt the angry wind. He saw the lightning flash. He heard the noisy thunder. But he was not afraid. He stood up and said to the wind and the waves, Peace, be still. The wind stopped blowing. The waves were still. The clouds went away and the stars twinkled again. The boat sailed on the sparkling path that the moon made on the water and crossed to the other side of the lake safely. Why were you afraid, Jesus asked his helpers. Why were you afraid when I was with you? Jesus says to boys and girls today, Don't be afraid when the lightning flashes and the thunder crashes. I am with you always, says Jesus, in the dark and in the storm. I will never leave you. Don't be afraid. Does anyone want to pray? Dear Jesus, thank you for the day. Um, Thank you that we could come back to church. And thank you that it's Sabbath today. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Um, I can't recall if I've ever tried singing in front of you guys, so I thought I'd give that a whirl. Um, so this song, I heard, it, I think I heard it around 2014. It was a part of a, pra- a passion presentation that NBC was putting on, and it's, it's just stuck with me throughout all of these years, and I thought I'd share it with you this morning. Amen. 
when I get too close, no, I can clearly see what's really on the inside. All your insecurity, all the dirty laundry, never made me blink one time. Unconditional, unconditionally, I will love you unconditionally. There is no fear now, let go and just be free. I will love you unconditionally. As I am to thee, no full of apologies, know that I am unworthy. But he said, I'll take your bad days with your good, walk through the storm I would do it all because I love you. He loves you unconditional, unconditionally. I will love you unconditionally. Now there is no fear now that going does be free. He will Open up your heart and just let it begin. Open up your heart and just let it begin. Open up your heart and just let it begin. Open up your heart. is the key to be, to be truly free. Will you do this thing for me? Unconditional, unconditionally, I will love you unconditionally. Now there is no fear now, let go and just be free, cause he will love you unconditionally. Open up your heart and just let it begin. Open up your heart and just let it begin. Cause I will love you unconditionally. Open up your heart and just let it begin. Open up your heart and just let it begin. Now I will love you
Our scripture reading today is from John 4.34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You're not supposed to see that now. <laughs> Good morning and happy Sabbath. I'm going to take it off or else you won't listen to what I say. There you go. I'm happy to be back. As you may know, there was a, an important matter that I had to attend to. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was, I enjoyed it. I Enjoyed spending time with my family, her family, my uh, both of our families were able to meet for the first time, and it was a really, really nice time. And I also thank you all for your prayers. I know some of you, I, I think, not some, but probably all of you were praying for me, so that way this uh, lady that you're going to see on the screen, or you probably did already. So let me show you. Um, uh, her name is Jasmine, and, um, you know, I did what I had to do. Uh, what every man does uh, on Saturday, I, I, you know, it's, when, it, when the time came for me to, to basically ask her to, be, oh, to marry me, I was I a little uh, nervous and, and things like that. And I got a text saying, hey, you have to wait. Don't bring her to where you're going to propose yet because her parents are not here. So that made me even more nervous. Um, and she, she says, you know, she, I remember she says, are you okay? You're acting weird. <laughs> and I said, well, no, I'm not acting weird. And um, we finally, we, I finally were, was able to man up. <laughs> and, oh, I'm, my clicker. The clicker I left in my book bag. It's in the back. Can you all hear me? Probably because I don't have it. Uh, the clickers in my book bag. I, I. Uh, it, Joshua, the black book. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, just, can you bring my book bag, please? Yeah. We try to set it up. Uh, Pat did an amazing job, but I was the one that, you, as you can see, not prepared here. I'm still nervous from what happened. <laughs> um, give me a second. Bear with me, please. Should be good now. 
And so she said yes. Uh, it was funny because I was so nervous that I got down to business. I, I, got, I said to her what I needed to say real quick, and I, I, you know, I put the ring on her and things. And when everybody, everybody was hiding, my, our families were hiding, and then they came, they're like, wait, you did it already? <laughs> and so we had to redo it for them. Um, Well, I, I, I guess what I could do is just use the laptop here. And that's her. When we... Thank you, thank you. She's excited to meet all of you. Uh, we are praying for a date so that way she can come and, and see you and meet with you and... Yeah, it's okay. We can, I can work with this. Okay. Thank you. So that's her. Thank you for your prayers, but I didn't come to talk about myself, of course, here. Um, it was just a little commercial here. <laughs> and um, we're both happy. Uh, you did not know that uh, wedding planning was stressful <laughs> and that uh, I need to help. So it's a learning experience for me and... I'm pretty sure that, I, you know, I was visiting, and um, I, I, I've, I think I've been getting a lot of good advice from those who have, you know, congratulations, by the way, Gail and Melissa and her husband, Tim, for 20, 28 uh, years of marriage. I pray that, I, and I'm sure many of you here have more, and, and you know, I've been, had, I've been advised that the best advice that, you know, when you're married is, yes, ma'am, <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I take it because 28 plus and, you know, people that way, they're telling me this. I think it's pretty good advice. Um, so with that in mind, the um, title of a sermon today is, Who Do You See? And before we go into the Word, I would like for you to join me with prayer. Father in heaven, we are delighted to be here among brothers and sisters, but not just Brothers and sisters, but we know, Lord, that you are here with us, and we want to thank you for joining us. Father, as we go into your word, as, as we see the message you have for us this morning, Lord, I pray that you may hide me behind a cross and that the words I speak may be only from heaven. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Who do you see is the title of the sermon here. And I want to start with a, I'm going to start with a quote by John Pauline, a, a, a Seventh-day Adventist scholar who, who says, And Nicodemus, because chapter 3 of John talks about Nicodemus, and chapter 4, which we're going to stay on this morning, talks about the Samaritan woman. And Nicodemus and in the Samaritan woman, we see what? The opposite of what? Extremes of whosoever. What did he mean by that? Well, it means that it does not matter what you've done. It does not matter who you are. Whosoever, whosoever believes in Jesus Christ is able to be saved. But you see, in chapter 3, it's very interesting because we see a man who thinks he is righteous, 
comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. And if you study both, both stories, both came at a time that they don't want to be seen. Both think that they need something. And both are looking for that. And they go to the same individual. We see the both extremes because in Nicodemus, we see that he is self-righteous. He thinks that he has heaven won. He goes to Jesus saying, what do I miss? What am I missing, Jesus? And Jesus says what? To go and do what? Sell all. But we see two different ends of stories. Because we see the story of Nicodemus. The Bible says he went on back really sad because he could not give up what was asked. But we also see in the, in the story of the Samaritan woman, because she was an outcast, she was someone that the people talked in town, and she was the gossip of that town. But the Bible teaches me of a Savior, that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ is able to be what? To be saved. So we see the both extremes happening, but let me go ahead and shift it a little more. Now, in the, in the picture here, what do you see? I, I want your interaction here. You see seeds, correct? Now, if I were to place one of those in a ha- my hand, and I were to ask you, what am I holding in my hand, what would you say? I'm holding a, a seed. But, you know, let me tell you something. And this morning, God wants to remind us a very important lesson that he's been trying to tell us over and over again. You see, when Jesus sees this picture, he doesn't just see seeds or a seed. He sees a forest. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to ask you, when people look at you, do they see a seed or do they see a forest? Do you see yourself as a seed or do you understand that God has planted a forest inside of you? You see, we we know, and I'm I'm here, we have people who garden, who, who plow the field and things. You know that in order for the seed to come out, there is a process that needs to take place. Am I wrong? There is a process, and in order for that seed to one day become a forest, there also needs to be a process. You need to plow the feet, you know, the ground and, and break it apart. By the way, if, correct me if I'm wrong in this whole process here. Um, and, and, you, and, you know, you, you need to water. It needs sunlight. It, it needs certain elements for it, it for in order to break from the ground and become a plant, a tree, and therefore, there then bear fruits, and those fruits will fall to the ground and so forth until it becomes a what? A forest. When Jesus was at the well, chapter 4 of John, he didn't see in the woman of the Samaritan a seed. She, he saw a forest. A forest that could bear fruits for God's kingdom. And I'm going to ask you again, when people see you, do they see a seed who has been stagnant and not growing? Or do people see someone who loves to share Jesus who is bearing fruits? Because when Jesus sees us, I understand something. That no matter what I've done, no matter 
where I've been, no matter how deep I've fallen into sin, Jesus is right there looking at me, not as a seed, but as a forest for his kingdom. And so she had to go through a process because in order for us to understand and, 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 and realize that we are forest, that God has planted in us seed, a seed that will, will grow and, and be nourished through God to become a, a fertile ground that bears fruit, we need to go through a what? We need to go through a process. And the Samaritan woman, as we read the story, there is a process that she has to go through. And Jesus is so patient. He is so merciful. He is so graceful that he was working in her. And I thank the Lord because he is working in us still. The Bible says that he will finish the work when he what? When he comes. And so he started this process, and I want, we're going to skip through the story because the story, is, I think, is about uh, the whole chapter. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to see how the process is because in order for the seed to become a forest, there needs to be a process. And so we'll see how the process took place in this woman's heart. We'll see how Jesus patiently waited for her and to, for her to realize who was talking to her because Many of us, and I think the majority of us here sitting, have been baptized, have accepted Jesus Christ, and Jesus has watered that seed, but sometimes we get too comfortable, we get, we get too, too stagnant that the seed that God has planted in us has not really flourished. And I'm here to remind you that that process that began when you came out the waters, Jesus is still trying to help. So there's a process. Bible says in John 4, verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink for her, for his disciples had gone away into the city to do what? To buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you what? Being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. I'm, I'm here to tell you that first, this woman sees Jesus, doesn't know who this person is, and calls him what? A Jew. And as the, as the conversation takes place, she's going through a process now. She's realizing who, who she's beginning to talk to. The Bible says that she calls him a Jew. But then later on in the story, as, as we read it unfold, we see that the, the woman doesn't call him a Jew anymore. He calls him a what? A sir. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Jesus is exchanging of phrases with her. She, he is beginning to go deeper into her heart. And I ask you today, have you this week let, let God go in deep into your hearts? Have you realized who has been trying to reach you? Have you realized who loves you? Because this woman was about to begin to realize who this person was. And so she begins with Jew, then she calls him a sir. And then we read on in chapter, uh, verse 19, the woman said, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are what? 
a prophet, the one that was talking to her, started to, she started to see that this person was not someone, it was not, a, 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 he was a unique person because this person was talking with authority and love. And, and of course, she didn't want to look at people. She didn't want to be around people because everywhere she went, when she went to the town, the man in that town saw her as a seed. When she went and talked with women, the woman saw her as seed, as the seed. When Jesus came, when she came to Jesus, Jesus did not just see a seed. He saw a forest. And so as she's dealing with the conversation here, we see the progression going on. We see a sir, then a a Jew surge, and then she comes in to realize something. The Bible says that after Jesus told her everything she had done, she goes out into the city. She says in verse 29, come and see the man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be what? The Christ. She has realized something because she has seen who this person is. This person has walked through her and has told her everything she knew, and she's realizing something. And what I want us to realize this morning, she started going through this process. She was a Jew. She she's called him a Jew. Then she started calling him a sir, a prophet, and a Christ. And just like that, in our Christian walk, Jesus goes through a, a process with each and one of us. That process at times is difficult. That process at times brings tears. That process in times brings t- pain. That process in time brings hardship. But I tell you what, if we keep going and if we keep persisting, we will realize that the one who is calling us is trying to give everything to us. And then we realize something, that that love that he has for us, we get to experience. And we cannot keep quiet because we want to tell our co-workers, we want to tell our patients, we want to tell our siblings, our, 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 our wife and our, our daughters, our, our, our brothers. We want to tell people about Jesus because even though he knows everything about us, he is still willing to accept us. And so the story goes. Jesus at the well. Jesus, I can picture Jesus that hot summer day in Samaria. The, Jew, the, the, the disciples had gone out to get food because they thought that was what they needed. And, she, and Jesus is waiting. The woman comes. The Bible tells us that Jesus asked for what? For water. Jesus asked for water. But it was who? The woman who was thirsty. You know, in the young language lingo, this word thirsty has a meaning of seeking attention, wanting to be seen, and, and wanting to, to, to be the center of attention because. Young people, and I'm speaking as myself as well, we, we, we think that the world owes us everything. I mean, we look at the TV today and, 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 and we look at the riots happening. What, what do we see? Do we see people vandalizing and, and, and doing bad things or do we see people that are thirsty? What do we see? 
Because when I turn on and I read what the news is saying, I see people that are in need of Jesus Christ. I see people that are thirsting and are going to the world for that thirst to be quenched. And we as a church have a responsibility. And it is to go out. Whether we're working in our jobs, we're relating to people in our day-to-day, whatever it is, we have a job to let them know that there's something better for them. And Jesus Christ As he's in the well, he's asking for water, but she was the one who was thirsty. And many times we go through two things to find, to quench that thirst. We often often look for promotions in our job to quench that financial thirst. We often go to, to possessions to quench that thirst. Some of us rely on relationships to quench that thirst. But the only person that can really quench that thirst is Jesus. Things of this world only what? Pacify, but don't satisfy. I'll say that again. Things of this world do not uh, not only pacify, but don't satisfy. And the woman understood that. But you see, the process is still going on. And Jesus needs to do something because Jesus needs to go to the root of the problem in order for him to finally step in and be able to fulfill and quench her thirst. So Jesus in the Bible, and we go to the Bible now, chapter 4. If you can turn to the Bible with me, chapter 4 of John. Chapter 4 of John. Chapter 4 of John, let's take it from chapter, uh, verse 15. Because Jesus knows that she's been going to places to quench that thirst. And I ask you this morning, where are you going to quench that thirst? Is it the fountain of living water or is it things of this world? Verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me of this water that I may not what? Thirst nor come here to draw ever again. Jesus said to her, go and what? Call your husband to come here. Jesus is going to the root because in order for him to actually come into her heart, she needs to give up that thing which she has been going to all her life to quench that thirst. The woman answered and said, I have no what. She had been relying for ages on men to quench the thirst her heart desired. And in order for Jesus to uproot those deep roots, he needs her to realize that she needs to let go of that. What are we going to to quench our thirst? Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is what? Is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. She had come so low that now she was with someone, but she had no commitment. She had come so low that now she only desired to be friends with benefit. 
And so we see in the word that Jesus Christ is getting to the root. And Jesus Christ is wanting to tell us that there is a process that you and I need to go in order to become a forest. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. And here she's realizing something that no matter where she's been, no matter who she's been with, Jesus is there to save her. And I tell you this morning. No matter what you've gone to to thirst, no matter what you've done, those lies, those, those things you've covered up in secret, those sins that so easily beset you, those things that you could probably be watching, those things that you could be listening to, I tell you something, that whosoever comes to Jesus Christ can find a Savior. Things of this world only pacify, but don't satisfy. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. And as we read this, this quote, Jesus, they, let's, let's go over. If there was five men. She was with how many? Another one? That's the makes her the sixth, sixth person. She meets Jesus, which makes him what? The seventh man she's coming into contact with. Jesus purposely did this because she wanted her to know that in order for her to be complete, she had to let go of those six people in order to have the seventh, which was Jesus Christ. And this is why, as she is realizing the process that she is going through, she is realizing something that this person is just, not just a prophet, he is a Christ, and is telling her everything she has done. And if I were you, I mean, if I were her, I wouldn't go out into the town and tell everyone what I have done. But she does. I don't know about you, but I don't think we would go ahead and tell everyone what we have done that is bad. But she goes out to town and she knows because Jesus Christ has seen in her a forest. And that forest is now bearing fruit. And so the Bible tells us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's never been about how bad I am or how bad you are. It's about how good Jesus is. Because when we reflect in our lives and we see everything we have done, I see a God that is patient. I see a God that is merciful. I see a God that is unconditional loving towards you and I. Because it's not about what I have done or how bad I am. It's about how good Jesus is. And the woman, the Samaritan, she knew this. She knew that every, the, the, the Bible says that she goes on to say, she, he, this man told me everything I knew, I, I did in the past. And she realized something. She realized that even though she was bad, Jesus was better. So the story goes on. And I want to tell you a story of, of a man who had been in church for 12 years. For 12 years, he had come into the church, had sat in the pews. And no one cared of the church members in that church. No one cared to ask him, 
You want Bible studies. No one cared for, 20, for 12 years. Ask him, do you want, do you want, to, have, do you want to be baptized? She had been, he had been faithfully going to church as a non-member, as a visitor. And one day, one leader came by. And the leader did something through God. God, God um, put in that person uh, something to do to start a ministry with this young man. He was a chef. He can cook. For 12 years, he had been going to and fro in the church. No one had recognized him. Everyone in that church saw him as a seed. The leader came and said, you know what? Can you help me? I'm trying to do some cooking classes, but not just the adults, the, the young people, the, the, the kids of the, the, the church. We, I want to teach, we want to teach them how to cook and you know, help their parents out and so forth. And, and the story goes on that he agreed. And he took it very seriously. For 12 years, no one had approached him to help out because people saw a seed. And so the story goes on that this person took the day off from his job to prepare everything for that cooking class to be. And they invited all the kids over. The kids had an amazing time. They were able to learn how to cook. They were able to to not just cook but eat it themselves. And not just that, there were were meals sent uh, back to their homes. And the pastor gets a call the next day from the, one of the grandmothers of the kids that attended this, this cooking class. And of course, if, if a member calls and, and, talk, and talks to the pastor and begins with this, Pastor, what have you done with my grandmother? It's never a good thing. I, a pastor never assumes, oh, this is going to be a good talk here. So the, the grandmother says, what have you done to my grandchild? And the pastor politely, you know, not trying to jump into conclusions, he uh, it speaks and says, uh, what do you mean? You know, we were cooking uh, last yesterday evening and, and the kids had a lot of fun and, and, and so forth. What do you mean what I have done? It's like, pastor, my granddaughter had a very tragic accident, very traumatizing accident when she was a toddler in the kitchen. And she has never stepped into my kitchen. But yesterday, as she finished up and she came home, for the very first time, she stepped into my kitchen. The pastor said, praise God. Praise God. But then the pastor had good news for that chef. Remember, that chef had never been a church member for 12 years. He was always sitting and going and coming. And as the pastor tells the chef this story, he begins to weep. The pastor was able to see a seed in that individual. That pastor was able to baptize that individual. Who do you see when you see our community? Who do you see when you see our church where your brothers and sisters here? Do you see just a simple seed or do you see a forest? Our church has a lot of potential. Our church has a lot of potential. There's kids. There's young people. There are people faithful to God. And I see in each one of you 
forests. Forests for the advancement of the kingdom of God. But who do we see when we look at our community? Do we see young people riding and breaking, or do we see seeds that will be one day forest? God wants to remind us this morning that when we look at people with Jesus' eyes, great things will come out of Marshfield. Who do we see? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Or do you see yourself as those people that you go to for, for validation? I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus that Jesus sees each and one of us as forest. There's a, there was two groups that, that day. One that went out to get food. The story goes on to say that they came back with food. But there was the other group of the woman of Samaritan who didn't bring food. She brought souls. She brought souls for Christ. Because Jesus saw in her a forest ready to bear fruits. And this morning I am here in the name of Jesus to remind you that Jesus Christ is ready to Plant in us that forest so we can all together bear fruits. Who do you see? Who do you see? I pray that we may see in each and one of us, in our communities, a forest. Because Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And we ought to be ready. We ought to warn those people that are thirsting and trying to quench their thirst with things of the world. We have something better to offer. So let us pray and go as a church, moving forward, telling others about what he has done in our lives. As we pray, pray and talk talk to God. And let's ask him this morning to make us a forest. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your word. We're thankful that whosoever, Lord, believes in you, whosoever trusts in you, Lord, you are able to give us that power of your Holy Spirit to become forest-bearing fruits in due season. Lord, as a church, we pray that we no longer see each other in our community as seeds, that we may see each other with the potential that you see in us. Lord, we pray that we may be close to each and every day. We pray for those that are not here today. We pray for our kids, our, our, our young people, and, and our elderly, Lord, everyone who's been affected through everything that's going on. Lord, we pray that you may allow us and give us the understanding to see that you have planted in our hearts a forest. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.